0: You know, having a goal, having a plan, and trading the plan, while still remaining flexible in the meantime, that was the right call. I wouldn't do any of that any differently. I feel like setting goals and like accomplishing those goals is sort of what life's all about, right? It's progress, it's momentum, it's evolution. Goals and accomplishing your goals, it gives you energy. It's what fuels you and gives you the conviction to know that you're even capable of succeeding. Welcome to the BitLift Podcast, where we don't just stack crypto, we use it. I'm Gerbs, founder of BitLift, and I've been using crypto every single day since 2013. Today, I recorded a little message in a bottle, a message for my future self, so that next time the market is crushing all-time highs, and I've got that euphoric top-of-the-world feeling, I can smash the glass, re-listen to this, and remind myself the lessons I learned from the previous cycle. You can find links and show notes for everything I discussed here today at bitlift.com slash podcast. The hosts and guests of the BitLift podcast are not registered financial advisors. The thoughts and strategies discussed are simply personal opinions and should not be treated as financial advice or recommendation to make a particular investment. This show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. This cycle seems to have come to a screeching halt. It feels like the energy has been sucked out of the market. Even though Bitcoin's up 50% over the 2017 top, nothing really feels like it's moving the needle like it did a year ago. Except fear. You know, fear, obviously, that still works fine. It's funny, you know, six months ago, everyone was asking, like, are we in a bear market? I don't know. What's going to happen? And Today, it's so obvious, right? Hindsight is 2020. It's an energy, though, right? It's that weird feeling. It's like what I've been trying to explain if you've never felt this energy before, well now you know what it feels like. The reason there's no chart or graph or on-chain data you can look at, it's because this energy is an immeasurable thing. Maybe the closest thing we have to it is sort of is the fear and greed index if you've ever heard of that. But even the fear and greed index has these wild swings throughout the market cycle, so it's hard to use. The best tool I found for monitoring this energy is my gut. And until you've personally experienced this, you don't really know what it feels like. And this is my third time going through all of this, and even I still forget. So I thought today I'd lay out as a sort of message in a bottle to my future self, like what that feels like and some reminders, so that the next cycle, when I'm feeling that euphoric, bullish feeling that I think will never end, I can smash the glass and listen to a beat-up version of myself Reminding my future self that this feeling will pass, and I should focus on my goals, my life goals, as opposed to the vanity metrics in my portfolio tracking app. I did some things right this cycle, and I made some mistakes. So let's start with what went right first. First, I had a goal of selling enough Bitcoin to set up a stablecoin farming operation. The idea was that this stablecoin farming operation could earn me annual income for life that I could live on forever. So I made a plan with a very specific sales target of 50k, 100k, 150k, 200k and 250k. That was my Bitcoin top prediction. And when Bitcoin reached 50k, I sold a bunch of Bitcoin. I hoped it would keep going and I would sell more, but you know, if I hadn't done that, I would have failed my plan. But I didn't fail my plan. I pulled the trigger at 50k. It was really hard to do. The fact that we didn't keep blasting into six-figure territory that's okay, you know, it's something I have no control over. But what I did have control over was that the price reached my target, and I sold. However, the amount I sold wasn't enough to accomplish my overall goal for setting up my target. But what could I do, right? Like, I, it's something I had no control over, and that's okay. I I was on my way, and I did the things I could do with the tools that I had. And when the price tanked 50% back down to 30K and then it miraculously ran back to new all-time highs. Honestly, I couldn't even believe it. And you know, cycles end in a blow-off top. That's what I told myself. It's like we didn't get a blow-off top, so the cycle maybe it's not over. Maybe we still will get the blow-off top. And herein lies the lesson, right? Is that cycles come in all shapes and sizes. You know, we knew that something was coming. We knew that a bull market was on deck. But what happens next? It's just too complicated for us to predict that being said once bitcoin breached 60k that second time it really lost momentum big time like we started to drop back to 50k and you know i played an audible and sold my second chunk of bitcoin right there and then you know we still maybe we're still gonna, we're going to go to 100 but i didn't want to risk it what i wanted to do was lock in my goal for that stablecoin farming bucket that i wanted to set up and that's what i did you know having a goal having a plan and trading the plan while still remaining flexible in the meantime, that was the right call. I wouldn't do any of that any differently. I feel like setting goals and like accomplishing those goals is sort of what life's all about. Right? It's progress, it's momentum, it's evolution. Goals and accomplishing your goals, it gives you energy. It's what fuels you and gives you the conviction to know that you're even capable of succeeding. And it's the best feeling there is, honestly which is why it's so, so freaking hard when it all comes crashing down before you have the chance to lock in your goal. It literally invokes like a trauma response and trauma can take years to recover from. Oddly for some of us, recovering from trauma takes about as long as the crypto market cycle lasts. Like, I don't think that's a coincidence. For some people, you know, they never recover. These are the people that leave crypto and never come back. And honestly, I get it. Like, it's hard. It's really hard to come back after getting beat up. So setting a goal, making a plan, and trading the plan, and sticking to it, regardless of these magical price predictions we read on Twitter, that's the first thing that went well. And the only reason I was able to accomplish this this cycle is because I learned it last cycle. You know, in 2017, my goal was to buy a house, a very concrete goal. And when the amount of Bitcoin I wanted to sell reached the amount I needed to buy the house, I pulled the trigger. And honestly, that was one of the scariest things I've ever done. Like I sold a lot of Bitcoin, more Bitcoin than I ever imagined I'd ever even have. Now it was gone. Poof. Now it's a house, right? And, you know, I've been living in that house ever since. I'm recording this podcast from that house right now. And when Bitcoin ran to 60K last year, I thought I thought I would kind of regret selling all that Bitcoin at 20K four years ago, you know, but I didn't regret it. And now I know that someday when Bitcoin reaches a million dollars, I'm not going to look back and regret selling at 20K either. You know, buying this house was my goal. I accomplished my goal. That was more important than anything. So that was my plan. That's what went well this cycle. At least it's the first thing that went well. The second thing that went well was that, you know, I I wanted to get into some high growth opportunities early. Things that could 10 or to 100x even with the possibility of allowing me to sort of skip a few chapters ahead. This is like the high risk, high reward stuff. And, you know, I'd done it with Bitcoin and ETH in the previous cycle. I wanted to make sure like what was the thing that could 100x or, you know, just crush it this cycle. I wanted to get in as early as possible this time. So to do that, you know, I started with sort of a foundational thesis. And that thesis was the inevitable growth of stablecoins. So I researched the opportunities, and I landed on buying Luna and also farming on Curve and Convex. Now, obviously, we know how Luna ended, but the real lesson for me wasn't how spectacularly Luna melted down or how I could have avoided getting in that scenario in the first place. But really, the lesson is how it grew to be my largest holding in the first place, getting into a position where that could happen to me. At one point, my Luna was worth more than all my Bitcoin. You know, that's a flippening I never could have imagined. I mean, the goal was for that to happen, but wow, it happened. I remember saying to someone that Luna flipped my Bitcoin stack so hard that I don't think it's ever going to flip back. And even as I say that right now, like I realized my goal was busted from the start. My goal was something I had no control over. So like, do you see the difference? Like the goal for my Bitcoin and selling my Bitcoin was for me to do something. The goal for Luna was for Luna to do something. It was just another vanity metric in my portfolio. Now, when Luna reached the point that it did, like I did have a goal. I did set a goal. I did have a plan for executing on that goal. And I was in the middle of following that plan. But the plan didn't get a chance to play out, which leads to my third lesson, and easily my biggest mistake of this cycle, which is that I forgot how fast it can all come tumbling down. Especially I should remember that the faster they rise, the faster they can fall. It's more about recognizing that my strategy for Bitcoin isn't and shouldn't have been anything like my strategy for Luna. In less than a year, I rode Luna from $5 to $120 down to a fraction of a penny without ever taking any profit. That leads to my fourth lesson, and it's one actually that it really surprises me because... It wasn't a misstep, or it was like a strategic decision that I put a lot of thought into. I planned on selling half of my Luna on the 366th day so that I could capture long-term capital gains versus short-term capital gains, which cuts the tax consequences in half. When Luna was $120, I calculated that selling now at short-term capital gains would result in the same after-tax profit as if I sold at $90 long-term capital gains. So I made the decision to wait for two more months to sell for long-term capital gains. And what do you know? On the 51st week, Luna came crashing down. Honestly, I was like a total wreck for those two months while I was waiting it out. I should have just listened to my gut. You know, my brain was running the show. I thought I could be strategical. And I was strategical, but that's not how it played out. The lesson here is not to let, you know, tax consequences dictate my strategy. Or that's sort of the lesson. I mean, it's hard to say that because I also think that you're an idiot if you don't take tax consequences into account when you're trading. Like, taxes are too high not to consider them. But maybe the lesson is that if you have a goal for that money, a life goal, and if you accomplish that goal, irregardless of the tax consequences, you gotta lock it in. You gotta lock it in. Make it real, pay the piper, move on. Yeah, that's just, that's just a tough one for me. So it's, so it's still so fresh. It's still fresh, man. The fifth lesson and uh, you know, the third mistake I made is to not time lock your assets in DeFi smart contracts. You know, For example, my Luna was staked and would have taken 21 days to unlock. So even if I wanted to, I, I couldn't have sold that half of my Luna that I had staked. And, you know, there's a lot of people staking ETH in ETH 2.0, which had this, like, unknown unlock-like date in the future. Which, you know, it is coming. Like, knock on wood, it's still coming. But, man, like, people who did that, they've been just twiddling their thumbs waiting for magical ETH 2.0. And it's still not here. It's been over a year. I don't know, two years who knows? I've heard I've heard horror stories from people who are locked in other protocols and just getting wrecked, locking their assets up in order to get higher returns. And it relates to lesson three, which was how fast it could, everything can come tumbling down, right? So just don't put yourself in a position to let this happen. And that happens by locking things up. You have to maintain liquidity at all costs. The last mistake, you know, it's an easy one. is just to remember to keep my stablecoin bucket diversified. You know, the funny thing about diversification is that not diversifying is actually the secret to gaining massive wealth quickly, like being hyper focused and going deep into something. That's how you crush it. That's how you can crush it anyway. But, you know, diversifying is the secret to maintaining wealth for the long haul. And my stablecoin bucket is like this income stream for me. That's the point of this is for it to generate income for life. So I really need to have a different strategy with that. And I need to be more diversified in my stablecoin bucket. You know, in crypto, there's different types of diversification. There's sectors, blockchains, and there's assets on those blockchains. But for example, I had UST staked in Curve on Ethereum and UST parked in Anchor on the Terra blockchain. You know, these are two very different dApps, two very different blockchains, but one all too similar stablecoin. And again, we know how that went. So I think a little more diversification there would have helped. So that's it. Uh, If I had to guess, I hope I'm re-listening to this somewhere in like April 2025. One year after the Bitcoin halving, which, you know, that always leads to the, the having leads to the bull market. And about a year later is when we start crushing some fresh highs. You know, all of that, that the, the halving is coming in April 2024. So, you know, this is on deck. It's coming soon. And, you know, if it really is April 2025 and I'm listening to this right now, hopefully I've got that euphoric all-time high feeling. You know, I'm sitting on some big stacks with some big goals and I'm listening to my past self give some much needed advice from the trenches of the last cycle you know honestly actually i'm gonna just set a calendar event right now for january 1st 2024 to remind myself to re-listen to this until then you know i'm just gonna keep learning keep tinkering keep planning keep recording the podcasts keep making predictions and pivoting i'm gonna still build some new stuff and of course i'm gonna keep stacking so till then Be sure to hit up bitlift.com slash podcast for links to everything we discussed here today. And if you got any questions or comments, come find me on crypto Twitter and say what up. That's twitter.com slash bitlift, B-I-T-L-I-F-T. And if you're deep down the crypto rabbit hole, come hang out with myself and a few hundred crypto geeks in the BitLift Discord at bitlift.com slash discord to connect. The host and guests of the BitLift Podcast are not registered financial advisors. The thoughts and strategies discussed are simply personal opinions and should not be treated as financial advice or recommendation to make a particular investment. This show is for informational and entertainment purposes only.